0: Hi there, you are listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast, where we talk about being unstoppable in your business, brand, and life. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and as an entrepreneur, law firm owner, and course creator, I understand what it takes to get to the next level. Through scaling my law firm, making tons of mistakes along the way, and celebrating loads of success, I love to share my secret sauce, tips, and strategies on how you too can become unstoppable. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today. My name is Carolee Fontanelli. No matter where you are tuning in from, whether you are out on your walk or you are on um, your commute to work, I hope that you are having a fabulous day. Well, I'm very excited because today is the first day of spring in uh, Australia, so it is looking beautiful outside and the weather is definitely starting to warm up. We are past the winter season, although I do live on the Gold Coast, which is a fairly warm climate and we don't really get a full winter, but it does get dark. Early in the morning, um, you know, it can get down to say six degrees while you go out for your five thirty a.m. walk, and it's it's just not quite as nice as those beautiful summer months. So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into the summer. And on a personal front, I don't think I've talked to you guys about this on the podcast, but I have had two renovations underway this year. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you will be able to see. What has been going on? It is quite crazy. Uh, I have had two major renovations where two homes have been fully gutted, and I am about to move into the holiday home. So, the holiday home is a project where it is going to be um, Airbnb or a holiday let, and it's a beautiful property um, right in the heart of the Gold Coast. The property is a 1970s house and it was 100% original. And when I bought it, I saw that there was a big, huge garden there and did not realize that hiding, actually lurking, let's call it, under the garden was a massive, huge swimming pool. And that swimming pool was filled with water. The only thing covering it was a few boards and then they'd put a garden over the top. So it was really dangerous. But Anyway, we found this swimming pool and it's amazing. So this property is for holidaymakers or retreats or girls weekends away. It's stunning. It's, well, it's going to be stunning. It's not stunning right today, but it's also going to be really cute with those Bring palm vibes going on. And I have set up an Instagram account just this week for it, and it's called The Heydays. So if you want to go over to the Heydays and have a look on Instagram, you'll see I don't have very much happening over there at the moment, but that is my exciting news. And because my house is under renovation right now, I get to move into the property for the next month or two before my house is ready. So I'm really excited about that. Anyway. I want to get stuck into the podcast and I want to introduce you to my very special guest, Jackie. Now, Jackie is an incredible businesswoman. She is a lawyer, she's a law firm owner, and she also has an online product for women who need help with any legal issue that they have. We are going to talk about all sorts of things, how she grew her firm, Uh, what she's been learning in the Scalable Business Lounge because she is a Scalable Business Lounge student in there and also how she came about creating her online program Legally Wise. So Legally Wise is a platform that is for women who need legal assistance but they just don't know how to choose a lawyer, how to negotiate, uh, what to do next and this program is a soft place for women to land because the statistics That Jackie talks about are shocking in terms of women reaching out for legal help. Um, So we get stuck into a really great conversation around her business, her new program, and how she has overcome the fear of building her personal brand. So without further ado, let's get stuck in and meet Jackie. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. How are you?
1: I'm really excited to be talking to you, (laughs) Carolee.
0: That's awesome. So today I have Jackie Broman and Jackie has got um, many bows in her, her, what do you call it? Quiver. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) we have had the best conversation and so I just thought we should push record and let everyone else hear what we're talking about because um, there is absolutely plenty that makes you unstoppable. So... To get started, I asked all my guests what makes you unstoppable, Jackie. <laughs> you do, and I was thinking about it this morning. What
1: should I say to this question? Uh, I, I've just got this innate drive as well. If you've you know done some of those strength and personality testing, I'm just one of these people that has uh, focus, achievement, and learning as one of the main cause of who I am. Um, but we were having a great conversation before you hit record, and I was saying I think for a lot of my twenties, I was driven by trying to get some validation and approval. And so that's sort of been achieve, achieve, achieve to, you know, please everyone else watching. Um, but to be honest now, I think what makes me unstoppable is, um, a little bit of burning frustration and really just wanting to fix things.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I totally I totally get that. I um I can relate to that as well. And that's a that's a really great um intro for you because uh you are a lawyer mm-hmm. and a law firm owner, but you also have a few other things on the go as well. So do you want to explain to everyone um who you are and what your businesses are and then we'll kick off?
1: Sure. So I do run a law firm in, based in central Victoria um, and it's a smallish firm, um, got 10 staff. And so I've been running that for about nine years. But more recently, I've added a second brand to that firm, uh, TBA ADR as well. And so we have an ADR wing. And I've also, over the last... 12 months-ish, um, created my passion business, Legally Wise Women. So yeah, those are the three bows I guess you were talking about before.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So let's just quickly talk about your law firm and then we'll move on to Legally Wise because that's where I really think um, is there's a lot of really great inspiration in your story with that. But with your law firm, you said you, you've been in it for nine years. So did you start your law firm? Was it an existing firm? Um, how did
1: that all come about? It was an existing firm. It was a sole practice, just one guy and his uh, receptionist, and he wanted to retire. It was funny, actually. Um, I spent my 20s following my husband around the country in the Defence Force, and we were moving back to central Victoria And I'd already worked here before. And I was like, I can't go back to the firm I was at before. It's like going backwards. So I knew of this other guy and actually rang him and said, are you ready to retire yet, Rod? And he's like, yep, let's do it. (laughs) So, Wow, that's um, cool. Yeah, I I took that over. And it was almost always my dream sort of within five years to have five locations and um, really grow it quite aggressively. And in fact, that did happen. But uh, you know, be careful what you wish for, because then I was sort of a slave to the business as well.
0: Right, and so now you've got um, a decent size as a decent sized firm. It's not a small firm um, by any means, and you've grown it in nine years from a sole practitioner mm. to ten staff, mm. um, as well as as running your own business, uh, your other businesses on the side. So, what what's sort of been your key? To that success, do you think?
1: Look, I think it's what I spoke about before with this just ongoing drive. Like, I just can't stop. I do see a bigger vision. And, you know, that vision has morphed and changed over time. But that's certainly what I keep driving for. Um, just that persistent focus that I have to get to where I want to be. And yeah, those goalposts have changed. Um, but the, the drive continues. So, um, and becoming clearer and clearer as well about, you know, the values of the business that I run versus my own values and, um, how they do overlap, but aren't completely the same. And so the firm itself wasn't completely fulfilling me. Um, so I had to, um, also, looked at, well, how was I going to for, get fulfillment with the skills that I have without completely dumping what I'd grown with, because you know I was proud of where that had come to, or um, without completely changing track as well. Because obviously, got a yes. good set of skills, you yeah, want to use. that's
0: right. Mm. Well, I think you're much like me, um, and you get bored as well, and mm-hmm. so you're sort of looking to other. You know, looking to create other things, which is probably yeah. you know why I've created the scalable business lounge. Mm. And also, one of the things around that is actually genuinely wanting to help people. Yeah. Which is where you're at as well. You've seen a need, um, uh, and you you genuinely want to assist and help people so that they have better lives. Mm. Uh, so, in terms of your firm growth, what mm. do you think one of the you know, for people who say have a law firm and they're, you know, might have one or two team members and they want to get their firm to the over the million dollar mark and, you know, where they've got a lot more freedom to do the other things they want to do, mm. um, like you have done, how, what sort of the key do you think to making mm. that happen? Mm. Well,
1: definitely getting coaching really. And, you know, Nine years ago, there wasn't quite as much online and, you know, there's been an explosion, obviously, in the last five years of all of that. But within the first couple of years, I was certainly going to business coaches from outside the legal industry. I didn't see much happening within the legal industry that was uh, anything that I wanted to replicate. I really wanted to learn from other industries and really also putting into play really consistent marketing that wasn't in that cycle that you often talk about on your podcast, which is, oh, there's not much coming in the door, quick, do some marketing and then do the service. And then there's nothing coming in the door again and then do the marketing again. So really early on in the piece, uh, it was, you know, having consistent social media marketing, having some lead magnets and really learning all that sort of stuff, um, and so now a lot of the consistent basics of that is really automated and it's bringing in like it, it's quite easy what's coming in. And so the, the challenges shift, don't they, as you Yes, grow. that's
0: right. And that's mm. when you talked before about your goalpost post shifting, I can relate to that as well because I think part of the thing is is that Jackie and Carly nine years ago mm. in smaller firms, I was a sim- similar story to you. It was a solo practitioner. The firm had been existing for six years. It had never grown beyond one practitioner. And so, you know, and so the goal is like my first goal was I just want to get $20,000 in the bank account that is consistently sitting in there. Mm. And that's like this big, huge dream because um, that seems like so much. But then mm. the goalposts changed because now $20,000 won't even pay my wages. <laughs> and so, as you grow, new challenges appear. And I think as well, you get to the next level and then you go, oh, well, I'm here now. What next? Yeah. Is that how you sort of find things as well?
1: Yes, that's right. But also you get to that goal level and you're like,
0: this isn't fulfilling. Why isn't this fulfilling? What's going (laughs) to be the next thing? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I totally relate to that. Mm. So, um, so your firm is sort of ticking along really nicely and you have joined the Scalable Business Lounge. Um, so, what in terms of your firm, because I do want to talk about um, your Legally Wise separately because it's such an amazing thing what you're doing. Um, but in terms of your firm and the Scalable Business mm. Lounge, what have you mm-hmm. taken out of it? Mm. So, as you say, like Uh, our stories very much
1: parallel each other and my firm is maybe like three or four years behind yours and I really saw you as like expanding my vision as to where I could take the firm because I heard your story I can't remember which podcast you're on I think it might have been happy lawyer happy life um and you were at this plateau, and I'm exactly at that similar sort of plateau at the moment. Um, and I'm still serving and doing a hell of a lot of the legal work in the firm. And I need the systems, and also in some respects, the permission to go, Well, my most valuable role in this firm is no longer doing the legal work, it's mm-hmm. actually talent development, marketing, strategic development. Um, And when you get so much of your own personal value and validation from doing legal work well, it's really hard to mentally shift that over to going, uh, well, actually, that's not my most valuable, but how do I even measure how I'm achieving in this new role that I'm taking on? And so you introduce all this way of measuring metrics and collecting data and looking at it differently. And then, um, you know, I, I love a spreadsheet and your spreadsheets that you've given us are great too. And so you've just given me like a system to go, well, this is how to get where you are now, which is, giving you the room to go, well, I'm not on the tools. I'm doing all these amazing things and that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. So talking about permission, because I love this, because this is definitely something as lawyers and law firm owners that I think we struggle with, is that it's this whole permission piece on it's okay to be a lawyer and a law firm owner that's not serving clients one-to-one because there's definitely there's definitely a stickiness around that. Um, for me too, there definitely was. And the reality is, is you can't run a business and do all the things that it takes to run a business and serve clients full time, which is 40 hours a week. And then you're running your business 20 hours a week. And then you're doing whatever else, the other hours of the week. And so how can you grow beyond that if you're doing all that serving of clients? But then there's this whole mindset of lawyers and of legal teams, like our own legal teams, Mm. um, and also legal teams in your community who then talk about you, for Mm. example, um, where they say things like, oh, they're not really practising anymore. Mm. They're not really. And so then there's this whole um, fear around if I'm not practising anymore and I'm not showing up in court anymore, am I really a lawyer? (laughs) Do you feel that?
1: Yeah, there there is a little bit of that. Um, and it is very much, as you say, like fear of what other people are going to say about you. And, you know, I've even thought of people when I was an employee of others, you know, I really resent seeing people fluffing about and um, I couldn't see the value in what they were doing. But if I then am perceived by my own legal team as doing that myself, and for some somehow taking advantage of them, um, I don't want to be seen that way. So that is sort of the fear. More so, I don't want to be. Uh, you know, I very much come from the school of lead by example, and so working out a different way of leading as well is is very tricky.
0: Yes, it definitely is. But I think um, you know, there's there's so much power in actually giving yourself that permission to grow and also giving yourself permission to um, impact people in such a bigger way because when we're working one-to-one, you're only impacting that one, whereas when we're working one-to-many, we're impacting so many people and as a law firm owner and a leader in your firm, you're then able to impact so many people and their families by creating an amazing workplace, especially in the law where some workplaces aren't amazing, Mm -hmm. by impacting more people, by bringing more clients into your culture and serving people in that holistic way. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't do that when you're doing one-to-one. No. But you can do that when you're doing one-to-many as a leader Mm -hmm. and that means not being necessarily on the tools. Mm So, um, and that is a totally different mindset and new mindset compared to old school lawyering, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. So, So, talking about old school lawyering, that brings us to your new business and uh, which is an online product. Yes. And we had a great conversation around this because Jackie and I have both um, had experience in the online space, uh, me with the Scalable Business Lounge and things before that, and you now with your new product. So do you want to tell everyone what that is? And then we'll get into the nitty gritty of it.
1: Mm -hmm. So Legally Wise Women is for clients. So not women in the legal industry. It is for uh, women who basically need a place to start when they have a legal problem, Um, it helps them be educated and navigate the legal industry. Um, There's some research out there that says up to 83% of women, if they face a personal legal problem, do not get professional advice. So it sort of addresses a lot of the psychology around the fear of getting advice, the fear of the cost, the shame, the embarrassment they might feel. Also, uh, you know, this people pleasing that women often have as well like just keep everyone happy my rights don't matter just let them go away and let's keep keep the calm and then let let their own rights go so yeah it's this freemium education space basically.
0: I think that when within that space we have a long way as a community to go don't we? Very much so. Yeah, and um, I had my own legal experience before I became a lawyer and it was the most terrifying thing. Mm. And as a result, I didn't get legal advice advice properly and I ended up really with a a raw deal Mm. because I wasn't prepared to look after myself in that way. And so that's really your ideal client for that group, isn't it? Very much so, so. Um, so is it a paid product? Um, how, like, how does it actually work? How do you deliver it? All of that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's a freemium model, which means there's a free hub, uh, so women can come in, and there's hundreds of videos in there for free, short snippet videos on all sorts of areas that they might just want. Okay, well, where does this fit? What's the language that the legal industry use? How do I categorize what my issue is? Um, There's a whole lot of uh, other resources in there as well, directing people to okay, this uh, free dispute resolution process, or this is where you start, or you know, utilize this place first to get some free uh, free referral, or or those sorts of things. So um, there's the free model. It's all built on a platform called Mighty Networks, Um, and then there's so far two paid courses in there. There is uh, how to find and hire the right lawyer. So it's an evergreen course, uh, six modules with a couple of videos and downloads and um, in the very similar structure there's a how to negotiate for what you want course in there as well.
0: And so those are both awesome because the first step is how to find a right lawyer because a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't know, right? Mm -hmm. They might have, people just Google lawyer. Yes. Don't they? And they don't actually realise that there's a lawyer for every area of life just about and that you are better off going to a lawyer that specializes in that area of life That's right, whatever it might be yeah um, because they're seeing the issues day in and day out Mm. and can probably more efficiently help you
1: yeah Um, but don't we all serve differently as well so even though you know I work in this particular area at the moment I might not suit someone who wants that stuff and so it's also about testing out how someone communicates with you and how they're going to work through the process with you and how responsive they are and how much support you actually need and those sorts of things.
0: Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. So that's an, an awesome product. So that's a paid product and then yes. you've got how to negotiate because mm-hmm. with negotiating um, no matter what your situation is, whether it's um, a, a state matter, a litigation matter, a family law matter, whatever it is, whether or not you hire a lawyer or not, you yeah. still have to have negotiating skills. That's right. That's
1: right. I think um, understanding the process that the lawyer is taking you through, um, understanding that the way they're negotiating may or not may not be the right approach as well. So also like having a better understanding of Uh, different ways of negotiating. Um, But also it's for those little things in life as well. So it's not necessarily the big litigation matters. It's also, you know, this hard conversation that you have to have because the earlier we intervene in these things, the more likely they're not going to become a big issue that escalates. So let's build some of these communication skills where we can approach a conflict and nip it in the bud with really intelligent, easy little phrases that you can just learn to start a hard conversation.
0: Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about how you came about to this online world because you and I are both lawyers, law firm owners, we're service providers. Mm. This whole online space is totally different. And there's Mm. lots of lawyers now who are looking at creating courses. They're looking at creating hubs or whatever it might be online But when you and I both started looking at this around 2018 separately, it was a totally different scenario, wasn't it? Very much so, yes. So, yeah. So, what Jackie and I were talking about before, which I really want to get into, is the fear around creating a digital legal product. Mm. Um, So, I started the same time as you, and I was looking at creating a divorce product, which I've since created, but I was stopped in my tracks through my own self-beliefs and fear and we talked about that you sort of felt the same so let's Mm. let's hear your story about how you got into this um space and what was going on for you at the time Mm.
1: the general dissatisfaction that I've felt for a long time with the results people get from a traditional legal service have been sitting there niggling at me uh but yeah it was about 2018 that the concept sort of became more clear. But then I sat on it for about 18 months because of fear, Um, primarily, again, this fear of what you should do and what others are going to perceive of you. And honestly, I felt that I was going to be like kicked out of the legal industry for basically um saying that we don't do things very well the way we do things and the traditional services that we provide for a firm certainly have their place and you know those are going to morph and change over time as well the way we provide those services but um you know when i just kept looking at that statistic 83% of people of women is not okay yeah um so firstly it was Um, getting some validation um, from the Centre for Legal Innovation that this was actually a good idea um, that sort of made me go, "Yep, okay, let's do this. Um, The innovative people in this industry actually do see the benefit of it and um, there is a place for it. And the other thing was um, also thinking bigger picture and coming back to this vision that, that I keep in mind is that it's not about me it's not about me at all and so if I keep thinking oh what are people going to say about me what's the attack on me blah 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 but no it's actually um, this is about serving this is about all those people who need this and uh, need like you said before um, a soft place to land and to start Um, so if I make it about me and sit in my fear then I'll it'll never happen. But if I keep in mind that this is not for me, it's for others, then that's sort of taken that burden off a little bit too.
0: Yes. And so the fear that you were feeling, was that really around what other lawyers would think of you? Yes. Yeah. And so I guess the uh, the other thing is, is that the product you've created isn't for other lawyers.
1: No, that's they're right. Not,
0: they're not your clients. So
1: um yeah, why did I care? It's funny, isn't it, that um, uh, we we just make up some kind of excuse maybe. Maybe it's also a bigger fear that this thing might be um, more successful than I can handle. Maybe it's also like, well, I've already got quite a load and so it was also getting my head around, well, how do I shift? So all of those sorts of things were all playing together. Um, how do I shift my own role and my own identity across um, to to be big enough to hold the space for, for all of it that I want to do.
0: Yeah. So you have created a really great personal brand around Legally Wise. Um, or, Sorry, what's the product called? Yeah. Legally Wise. Legally Wise. wise. Yep. Um, I thought, oh, there's a woman in there. No, it's for women. Okay. So, yeah, you've created a really great personal brand. You're online talking about it all the time. How have you found that? Because I know for a lot of lawyers, creating the personal brand piece, putting your face to camera, hopping on a podcast, whatever it might be, it's a stretch initially. Yes, it still is. Um,
1: And I think there's still some residual fear there of uh, moving completely across to Legally Wise, but that will come. Um, I've been putting myself out there and doing a lot of video for a long time for TBA, so I was happy to jump on and do a Facebook live or an Instagram live at the drop of a hat without too much preparation. So I'd already sort of ripped that band-aid off. Um, but yeah, starting to actually talk about what I'm now passionate about. Um, yes, there's more fear and blocks all over again that you have to face. And look, where I'm publishing it too is also... Um, sort of a bit limited to my fear because, yes, it's on primarily Instagram and Facebook where other lawyers aren't really going to see it all that much. Um, when I start putting it onto LinkedIn, that's fearful for me because I have to move into a space where more of my peers are going to see and then I have to stand in it and um, and be it more. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, I totally feel all of that and i'm sure that many people listening in can 100 percent relate to it and i think that's why it's such an important conversation to have because um because you're not alone in feeling that way and our industry it does that mm. like it is that it's critical isn't it very um, and it's old school and all of these things that we're doing are breaking the mould and are helping people on a different level, meeting people where they're at. Whereas in the past, to be a lawyer, people have to come to you and meet you where you're at rather than meeting them on their level um, and and talking to them in a language that they can understand. And And why as lawyers don't we do that? i don't understand that that part of our industry no it's that traditional got to protect
1: our uh the knowledge that we have so that it is valuable isn't it i think it partly comes down to that um you know this element of protection and uh keep the veil over the industry so there's so much um, to perpetuate the fear Because if they're scared of me, they will listen to me and take my advice potentially. um, And they won't look elsewhere for a second opinion. Um, They'll just take what I say as gospel, even if I'm leading them down the garden path to charge them 50,000 more than they would otherwise be charged with someone else. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. And so that's what you're doing in helping people in your program. Um, And you're giving all this value for free. Mm -hmm. And The thing about giving value for free is that I truly believe it doesn't, um, discredit you. It actually builds you up as being an expert and a leader in your industry. Um, and so, but people are so scared of giving value and content. But I think in this day and age, like we need to be giving content and value, um, to people for, for them to, to follow us Mm, in terms of. Yeah, and, and build trust. Um, so that's what you're doing in your program, which is is yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what from here, what is next for you? What do you, what's happening in the future with your program? Mm. So
1: the future for Legally Wise is to also launch like a premium suite. So there will be uh, like a membership aspect to it as well as the freemium so that uh, someone who does want to actually get some more exclusive one-on-one question time with me can have access to that. Um, So that will come and that should come sort of around mid-October-ish 2021. Um, So soft launch around that and I've then got to get myself more out of the, off the tools in TBA as well. Um, Because just like you have done, um, I want to move more into their CEO, marketing um, manager sort of roles. And then those roles umbrella these three pillars perfectly, which is now in my vision, like there's the firm, there is the ADR, and then there is uh, Legally Wise. So those three are sort of my overarching pillars which all work interrelated with each other and, um, and then I sit doing the marketing.
0: I love that and I just love that you have that vision and when you explain it, I can see it. I can see you up here as this leader and then you've got these, um, these three arms that you're, you're a visionary for and a CEO for and you're not necessarily in there being a worker bee. Um, because you're, you're leading Mm -hmm. from the top. And um, I just love that you've got that vision. And I think that's the most important thing. Having that vision means that you can achieve it. You just have to work out what you need to get off your plate so that you can elevate um, even, even higher. And when you, um, when you get all those things off your plate and you have more time, everything becomes scalable. Mm. Yep. Hence, hence the scalable business lounge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's totally possible. I think, you know, we another thing about being a lawyer, a law firm owner in our industry is we have this belief um, built into us that it's hard mm. and you've got to be stressed mm-hmm. and nearly having a mental breakdown. Otherwise, you're not lawyer lawyering properly.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. um, That was the other thing I was thinking about this morning, actually, before we jumped on the call was, um, you know, this belief that you have to be working hard and have that adrenaline and stress through your body all the time. And, um, you know, I've spoken to people about burnout before, and I think that uh, a lot of women have left the legal industry and are making changes themselves as well because they're like, well, we've got to uh, get away from that and do it in a different way. Um, but if the whole industry can start going, um, it's not a competition about how much you can work and how stressed you can be. Um, that's not the, the metric that we need to be measuring here. Um, but, again, that is a big Mind shift.
0: Well, uh, well, it is uh, for the industry as a whole because, really, I think what we forget as lawyers as a whole is that it's actually about um, the impact we're making on people's lives, mm. the positive impact, and that should be the metric. How mm. many people are you positively impacting mm. this year mm. um, through providing a legal solution for them, mm. yeah. rather than how many hours did I work this week? <laughs> You know, and with um, top-tier firms, for example, you know, it's sort of, it's like, well, especially as junior lawyers, you have to stay at work until all hours. Otherwise, you're not, you know, welcome there. Mm -hmm. And rather than being outcome-focused for clients. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's growing growing junior lawyers with the wrong mindset from the beginning. Um, But I am hopeful as well that a lot of, the younger generation coming through at the moment aren't being inbred with the, what we were, um, which is that we do have to uh, really please and prove ourselves. They're actually coming through going, Well, what values are important to me and what workplace is going to, is going to fulfill those values? And actually, I don't want to live to work, I want to work to live. And so, uh, what can support me? Um, I am hopeful that, you know, People in their 20s are actually thinking that now, whereas, you know, we're having to have a midlife crisis to come to that.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, well, we're, we're having to burn out. Um, yeah. In terms of like the whole burnout thing, I'm on a group, a Facebook group called Lawyer Mums Australia. I don't know if you're on that group mm. as well. Um, there's about 3,000 female lawyers in the group. Mm. Uh, and um, and in there, you know, repeatedly I see Um, people who are absolutely stressed Mm. they are sometimes law firm owners they don't want to continue Um, they just want to leave the law um, because they you know it's impacting their lives in such a negative way and it just makes me it makes me sad because I just don't it doesn't have to be that way. No, no, that's right. Um,
1: and if you're open to this and leaving this into the podcast, because I know that, um, you know, you do a, a lot around food as well. Um, so I've had two physical burnouts as well. Uh, the first one I went and got all the tests done, nothing physically wrong with me, went to a naturopath, sort of worked your way through it and got out of that. Second time it happened, went to a holistic practitioner, had all the tests done, nothing physically wrong with me. Um, and what we worked on that second time was there was so many stress hormones in my body that weren't being released. So that whole day of stress in my body didn't get released. Next day of stress compounded next day. And so there was so many years of just compounded hormones. And so we worked on getting that out through taking or having a lot more soluble fiber in my diet. Yeah. Wow. Um And the concept was um, the hormones bind to the soluble fibre and eliminate the hormones from your body. So gradually you'll get to the point where you've only got that day's stress and you actually get it out each day. Um, But if you eat the soluble fibre with fat, the fat binds to the soluble fibre and the hormones can't get out. And so most traditional diets have soluble fibre with fat and so the hormones just aren't coming out. So you've got to have your soluble fibre without eating fat for two hours to get those hormones out.
0: Wow, that's amazing. It
1: was really interesting stuff. And so now um body wise, I know that the hormones aren't building up. But then mentally you've got to deal with the mental load as well. And so that's a whole nother thing. How do you release that monkey racing mind? Um and um so in the last 12 months or so I've also done a Vedic meditation course if anyone's interested. Yeah. It's um, it's gradually changing my life.
0: <laughs> and and with the um, the diet and the food, um, mm. how did how has that changed your life?
1: Well, I no longer, I guess, have this uh, racing heart or the um, um, upset stomach most of the time, um, or you know this general dread just sitting there.
0: Um, so. Yeah, that's, that's so mm. interesting, isn't it? That is so, And I think so many people live with this st- buildup and the stress just day in, day out, and you've actually taken time out to learn about all of that and to actually deal with it. Mm. And that's um, so important and so many people don't. Mm. So I think that's amazing. So thanks for sharing that with us because I, that's really an inspiring yeah. story. So maybe that's what makes me
1: unstoppable. Soluble fiber. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably one of the keys. And, um, and I'm really interested in your meditation as well because that's definitely a, a learnt and, you know, it takes a lot of effort, doesn't it, and discipline to continually, um, you know, practice.
1: Mm, Yes and no. I think that's the difference with Vedic meditation. They teach you that if you're trying hard, you're not doing it right. So it's the easiest thing actually in my life to do. And um, before I did the course, I thought, how am I ever going to fit 20 minutes in twice a day? But now I look forward to it and there's no way that anyone is going to get in the way of that.
0: <laughs> wow, that is so cool. I'm definitely going to look into that because that's, that's really inspiring. Hmm. Hmm. As well as fitting all the other things that you do into the day. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: <laughs> so, Jackie, where can people find you?
1: Look, the best place is probably on LinkedIn. If you're another professional, um, jump on there and connect and message me through that. Um, otherwise you can email me directly, um, either Jackie at tbalaw.com.au or Jackie at legallywisewomen.com.au.
0: And we're going to start, um, hearing more from you on LinkedIn in regards to Legally Wise soon. Sure. um. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to start getting in there as well as you have on your, um, on your Instagram, which is also really great. And so your Instagram account is, um, Legally Wise. It is. Legally wise underscore women. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you on the podcast. And, um, I know that everyone listening has gonna, is gonna get a huge amount of value from hearing your story and, um, and how far you've come. And I think just watch this space. Yeah. For both of us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Being Unstoppable podcast. Brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to learn how to scale your law firm without burnout, then join my free workshop at caroleefontanelli.com. Until next time, you have got this.